This is HPR episode 1875 entitled 63 LibreOffice Impress Formatting Text and is part of the series LibreOffice. It is hosted by Ahuka and is about 18 minutes long. The summary is Text Formatting Options are explored. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode in our ongoing series. And this is LibreOffice Impress. And what I want to talk about today is formatting text. Now, I know we have focused a lot on using styles to control the formatting of text, and there is a reason for that. As I have said so often, uniformity of appearance is an important part of a professional looking presentation. And that is best done by using the presentation and drawing object styles appropriately. But there is a place for all of the other tools Impress has, and I want to go over some of them now before we move on to other topics. You can add text by typing it in, of course, and in many cases you will want to use the styles that are available to you when you do that. To do this, just open your Styles and Formatting window in the right-hand sidebar by clicking on the appropriate icon in the far right column. If you're typing into a slide using auto layout boxes, the styles are already applied to the contents of those boxes. But on a blank slide, you can add a text box and use the drawing object styles. Just type in the text you want to use, select it, and double click on the style you want to apply. It is as simple as that. And changing styles is just double-clicking on a different style to replace what you had with the new style. But often you'll want to paste in text from another source instead of typing it in, and this is where you will need to think about what you're doing. Text that comes from another source may already have all kinds of formatting applied to it. This is particularly true of text copied from a web page, which will have HTML formatting applied to it. In general, the formatting it brings with it is not what you want. You could deal with this in several ways, but I think the simplest is to lose the formatting altogether and reduce it to plain text, which you can then apply your own formatting to. To do this, if you like to use keyboard shortcuts, you may know that the paste command is generally Control-V in Windows and Linux or Command-V in Macintosh. To get your paste to remove all formatting, just add in the Shift key, as in Control plus Shift plus V, to get unformatted text in your paste. You can also get there through the graphical interface, if you prefer, by going to the Edit menu and selecting Paste Special, 
And if you do this, you will see that the keyboard equivalent is simply Control plus Shift plus V. Finally, on the standard toolbar, there is a paste icon that looks like a clipboard with a sheet of paper coming off of it. If you have text on your clipboard that has formatting, and this is important, you, it has to have the formatting to begin with, you will get a drop-down next to the paste icon that will give you the option of pasting unformatted text or instead pasting it with all of its formatting intact. But note that if you don't have any formatted text on the clipboard, you won't see the drop-down. So, if you're trying to follow along in Impress, take a moment to open up a web page, copy some text from it, and then you will see this, because it'll be on the clipboard that way. Now next, I want to take a look at the text formatting toolbar. If it is not displayed on the screen, you'll need to enable it first, although in most cases it is. I believe it should be open by default. Now the thing about toolbars, there's a lot of them. Deciding which toolbars you want to have open is a personal choice. Each one takes up some real estate on the screen. Now, if you do most of your presentations by typing in text into slides that have auto layout boxes, and frankly, that's about 90% of what I do, you may think you don't really need to have this toolbar displayed all the time, but when you need it, it can come in handy. To enable the display, go to the View menu, then to Toolbars, and put a check mark in Text Formatting. Now, where it appears can vary a little bit depending on your setup. It may appear to the right of one of the toolbars you have on the top. Uh, but with all toolbars, note that you can click and drag them to new positions, either top, bottom, sides, uh, or even as floating toolbars. And just clicking and dragging is all it takes to do that. Uh, now, this uh, text formatting toolbar pretty standard stuff. First, there's the font selector, uh, and so that lets you choose which font you want to use. Uh, technically, we call those things font families, but that's fine. Uh, followed by the size selector. Then you have the usual bold, italic, and underline. And then a button for shadow. Now, in a program like Writer, which is word processing, there's really very little call for it. So you would not normally have a button for it on one of your button bars. Um, but uh, if, if, you know, if you want to do it in Writer, for instance, what you would have to do is select the text, then go to Font Effects and add it that way. In a graphical program like Impress, though, uh, it is something you would naturally use often enough to make putting a button there useful. Then you have the usual text alignment buttons for left, centered, right, and justified, followed by a button to turn on bullets. They're on by default in most auto layout boxes, but if you're in a text box, you need to be able to turn them on. Next are some extremely useful buttons for working with outlines. And if you recall from our earlier discussion, Impress uses bullet lists that are essentially structured as outlines. In fact, you can create an outline in Writer and generate an Impress presentation from it. And the presentation styles for bullet lists in auto layout boxes are called outline styles. So they're giving you a pretty heavy clue here. And that's what makes these buttons very useful indeed. 
both for working with bullet lists in auto layout boxes and in text boxes. They let you promote, demote, and move your items or lists. First, you have arrows that point to the left or right. These are the promote and demote buttons. Now, these arrows may be grayed out until you've selected a bullet point where it is appropriate. And then what happens on my system, for instance, it goes from being grayed out to being colored blue. Uh, this can uh, vary from system to system. Uh, I'm doing this on a Linux box with a KDE desktop, and I think that probably has something to do with it. So, uh, what are your options? If you're on a top-level bullet, there's no way to promote it to a higher level. So that left arrow, which is promote, is always going to be grayed out for that. Uh, but if you select that top-level bullet, the demote arrow pointing to the right will suddenly become more visible. If you select a second or third-level bullet, uh, you should see that both arrows become visible because you could do either a promote or a demote. Now, the up and down arrows help you move bullet points up or down. Just select a bullet point and click the up arrow. It'll move up a space. As before, only the available options will appear. So, if you are already at the top, only the down arrow will become more visible. But if you are in the middle of the list, both the up and down arrows will be visible. You can also use arrows to move groups of bullets together. For example, you have a bullet point and several subpoints under it, and you decide they need to be moved up. Just select all of them as a group and click the appropriate arrow. These arrows are handy both when creating slides and when editing and refining slides. Next are the increase and decrease font buttons. These change your sizes by one notch as defined in the font size selector. So what do we mean by this? Well, if you take a look at the font sizes, uh, let's take a, a slide title. Uh, on the one I happen to be looking at, it is set to 40 points by default. Now, this is controlled by the presentation style for titles, uh, at least in most cases. But in the font selector, you can see one notch lower is 36 points, one notch higher is 44 points. So if you select the title and click the Increase button once, it will go to 44, since that's the next available size. Now, this is usually slightly faster than using the font size selector. Also note that the meaning of a notch uh, varies depending by where you are. Uh, when you have smaller font sizes, the, the, they are closer together. And the larger the font gets, the bigger these notches become. Now, the next three buttons are for character, paragraph, and bullets and numbering properties, which we will get to individually in just a second. Um, but then there's also the font color button on this text toolbar. Now, in a graphical program like Impress, font colors become important in a way they never would in a program like Writer. And so that's why it makes sense to have a button here to do that. Now, let's get back to that character, paragraph, bullets, and numbering. These are properties windows. So if we select the character uh, icon, that gets us a properties window that lets us define properties for characters. Now, this should look 
pretty familiar to anyone who has been following these tutorials from the beginning. As I have stated previously, LibreOffice uses standard Windows over and over, and the developers are loath to reinvent the wheel. The thing you need to understand is that this window is used to set properties for the characters in your text. A different set of properties is available in the paragraph properties. But for the character properties, you have three tabs, font, font effects, and position. Well, font is something you've seen over and over, and lets you select your font family, your style, and size. So font family might be something like liberation is one that I like to use, or uh, maybe in other contexts you might have looked at comic sans or what have you. Those are all font families. Style refers to things like bold, italic, and so on. And then finally the size, uh, you know, how many points uh, the font is going to be. The second tab, font effects, lets you add things like relief, shadow, outlining, and strike through. Finally, the last tab, position, lets you raise the character to a superscript, lower it to a subscript, rotate it, or change the spacing. Uh, this is technically known as kerning and is really a topic for an extended discussion of typography, but it means the spacing between letters. In Writer, some of these settings are in the paragraph-level properties, but in Press, they are separated and placed in character properties. Now, paragraph properties. Uh, when we talk of paragraphs in this context, we don't mean what is technically a paragraph, as your language teacher might have taught you in school. We mean a paragraph-level object, and we discussed this in some detail previously in the tutorial, LibreOffice Writer Paragraph Styles, What is a Paragraph? Links are in the show notes. So if you are not clear on this, please read that article for more information. Here we mean objects like titles, subtitles, bullet points, and occasionally even actual paragraphs, to name a few. Clicking on the Paragraph button brings up its own Properties window. Again, we have three tabs. The first, Indents and Spacing, is the usual place for putting in an indent, including a first-line indent for an actual paragraph. For putting in a space above or below the paragraph object, or for adjusting the line spacing, such as single-spaced, double-spaced, etc. The second tab is called Tabs, and is for setting the properties for a tab, such as the position, left or right alignment, and which fill character, if any, you want to use. The last tab, Alignment, is the usual setting for left, right, center, and justified, as well as vertical alignment of text. Then, the bullets and numbering properties. Uh, this window lets you set properties for bullet and number lists and has four tabs. The first lets you select a character to use for your bullets in your bullet lists. The second lets you use an image instead of a font character. So the ones on the first are actually characters in fonts that you're using, just as it, you I mean, I suppose theoretically you could be using letters instead, but that would look kind of weird. Uh, but the, these are, are font characters. The, uh, the second one, image, you're choosing from uh, image files, and that gives you a few more options. The third tab, position, lets you set the position of each level in your bullet lists, 
Um, while the fourth customize lets you do things like make each level different. You could, for instance, use this to put a numbered list under a bullet or vice versa. And where are the numbering options? <laughs> well, when you first open this, you may not see them, because by default, most of the time, people are working with bullet lists in Impress. But if you go to the Format menu and select Bullets and Numbering, you'll get a 5-tab window that includes numbering. And if you use this to start a numbered list by clicking on a selection in the Numbering tab, that 5th tab will then be available uh, from the button if you go back and re-edit this. It's like you needed to first tell Impress that this would be a feature you would like to use before Impress would make it available. Now, a few concluding notes here. First, our description of the possible formatting options was not in-depth because we have discussed all of this previously in our tutorials on Writer. LibreOffice is a unified suite, which means that the features introduced in one program will be borrowed for other programs as needed instead of redone from scratch. As we saw previously, the graphical components of Impress are mostly taken from Draw, while the text formatting options are quite reasonably taken from Writer, which is the main program for manipulating text. So, if you want to see more details on character, paragraph, and bullet and numbering options, you should refer to the appropriate tutorials in the Writer uh, section. I've written detailed descriptions of them. I've recorded Hacker Public Radio uh, tutorials on them that talk about paragraph styles, tab styles, character styles, bullet styles, and numbered styles at some length. Uh, and, and, you know, went into a great deal of depth, and I'm not going to repeat all of it now. So go back and, and take a look at those. Uh, I don't want to repeat myself any more than the LibreOffice developers want to. Second, the techniques discussed here are for those occasions when you are not controlling your text via the presentation styles or the drawing object styles. If I plan to use the same settings again, I generally find it worthwhile to take the time to create a style and save it in an appropriate template. In the long run, this saves me time and effort, even if it involves a little more upfront. And so with that, we move on to our next topic, and that will be multimedia. But for now, this is Ahuka signing off for Hacker Public Radio and reminding you, as always, to support free software. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.